Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro here at the Novacare Complex. We are all of one week into the 2023 NFL season. And already you can see the roster taking shape. Reminder, red alert, well, a green alert reminder. We got a long way to go, everybody. So let's just see how it all plays out. But certainly there has been the sense that the Eagles have been able to retain some key players in free agency. James Bradbury restructuring the deal and extending Darius Slay. So the Eagles bring back their outstanding cornerback duo. Eagles also retaining Fletcher Cox. Brandon Graham comes back. Center Jason Kelsey returns. All three of those veterans on one-year deals. At the same time, the Eagles have lost some key players, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. C.J. Gardner-Johnson signs with Detroit. Marcus Epps signs in Las Vegas. So the safety position being overhauled, if you will, reworked, remodeled. At linebacker, T.J. Edwards signs with Chicago. Kaiser White goes out to Arizona. Defensive tackle, Javon Hargrave, San Francisco. On the offensive side of the ball, starting right guard, Isaac Sayamalo signs in Pittsburgh. Running back, Miles Sanders, is now a Carolina Panther. Gardner Minshew, as a backup quarterback, now moves on to Indianapolis. Andre Dillard, backup offensive lineman in Tennessee. The upshot of all this change, as Howie Roseman spoke about in an earlier Eagles Insider podcast here. Go back into the library and listen to that. These moves anticipated by the Eagles. And so you got to rebuild the roster. Reload, if you will. And the Eagles certainly working to do that. And they've brought in some players with high upside, low-risk deals in free agency. Running back Rashad Penny, a one-year deal. Injuries are the only thing that have kept Penny from being one of the best running backs in the NFL. He's averaged nearly six yards per carry. Explosive, powerful. Keep him healthy, and he'll be huge for the Eagles this season. At quarterback, the Eagles landing Marcus Mariota, the number two overall pick back in 2014. And yes, yes, we remember the chance back then for the Eagles to trade up and reunite Mariota with his former Oregon head coach, Chip Kelly. Didn't happen then. Mariota here now. He's yet to come to Philadelphia, but when he does, we'll, of course, get him here on the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Today, we're going to meet three of the newest Eagles. And again, younger players, lots of upside. All on the defensive side of the ball. Eagles just filling areas with good players, one-year deals, and we'll see how it works out. Eagles have had good success in the past with this formula. Greedy Williams, a cornerback who at one time in his college career, maybe the best cornerback in the entire nation, a second-round draft pick of the Cleveland Browns. He's had injury problems, uh, inconsistency up and down in Cleveland. We'll meet him in just a bit. Justin Evans, a one-time second-round draft pick of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of Texas A&M, who missed three, count them, three seasons 
with an Achilles tendon injury. Returned to the NFL last year, played with New Orleans, now is a Philadelphia Eagle. Really interesting story of his perseverance, sticking to it, working hard, having faith, and now back in the NFL with a lot to prove. And that's kind of the theme of the Eagles' additions here. These players have a lot to prove. They are hungry coming into Philadelphia. We're going to start things off with Nick Morrow, who played his collegiate football at Greenville College. Yeah, you haven't heard of it either. Division three football. Then gets signed by the by the Raiders. Uh, <laughs> becomes a ball player. Becomes a starter, even though he missed a season with an ankle injury last year with Chicago. Played in every snap of every game for that defense. He led the Bears in tackles. Good speed, good size. And you'll hear a really amazing story. The Eagles, well, maybe maybe he'll be a weak side linebacker with N'Kobe Dean inside. Maybe that's vice versa. We'll see. The Eagles have a lot to sift through when they get on the field. A new defense, new coaches, um, and some new players here. So we started off here on the Eagles Insider Podcast, one-on-one with new Eagles linebacker Nick Morrow. Nick Morrow joins me here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Welcome to the Philadelphia Eagles. Thanks for having me. Uh, day one, like what? For the fans who don't get a sense of actually what you do, I know you brought your wife. Yeah. What's the day been like? It's been fun. It's been packed, man. I think the biggest thing is all the physicals you got to do, see all the doctors. But getting in the building, I met a lot of people and, and had an opportunity to, to get to know them. And I'm excited to get to know them more. But that's the biggest thing is just there's so many people that you got to get to know. And everyone seems excited to be a part of the organization. And they're definitely welcoming. Yeah. Am I too uh, dramatic if I um, compare you? You know, Philadelphia's the, the, the rocky story, right? Yeah. You know, Greenville's not exactly Alabama. No. So can I can I make that make that little com- that comparison of your journey from? I think you played offensive line in high school. High school yep. I mean, I what kind of coach was yeah. that? <laughs> I mean, I, no, no shade to him. I think he did the best he could. We had some really <laughs> good players. We had like, well, I think he was like the number two guard in the nation at the time sitting in front of me. So he had he had to work with what he had to work with. But I think for me, it was just exciting to to see the progression, right? So I didn't play play offensive line in high school, and then I got um, an opportunity to play a little bit of tight end my senior year, and a little bit outside linebacker, and then going into college, I played safety. So that's like a huge transition. Um, but that was exciting just to get an opportunity to play in space a little bit more. And, and obviously, I enjoyed that a lot. And then getting a chance to play in the NFL from there, playing linebacker. Um, McKenzie made that decision to change me there. Kind of changed my life. How did nobody find you coming out of high school? Um, so <laughs> I didn't. So I played offensive line. Obviously, I was undersized. So that wasn't going to happen. Were you good? I was decent. I was undersized. So I was going against some dudes. I was playing 6 8 ball. So I've been playing Alabama. So there's some big oh, okay, dudes. So okay. I, wasn't, I wasn't moving anybody, right? I was just <laughs> a position blocker. But um, going into going into college, I had played you know six games at outside linebacker, so I didn't have that much tape, and I was only like five ten, one hundred seventy nine pounds, so I didn't have that many opportunities. It was undersized, and so the only place they really wanted to give me a shot was this Division three school, and they gave me opportunity to grow, and, and, and obviously I got a little bit bigger and took off from there. Are you one as a kid that you um, just enjoyed 
physical contact going certainly you know, go from offense to defense is a different kind of yeah. playing football. Yeah, no, I loved it. Me, me and my friend, so it was my friend and his little brother, we would go in our um in our living room and we would tackle them into the couches. So that's what we used to do as kids. I'm talking about we were like 10. So we would do that. And then when we got bigger, we'd go in the backyard and play actual tackle football in the backyard. So I've always loved the physical contact of the sport. Um, that happened at a young age, for sure. Who do kids in Alabama root for in the NFL? Like, is, do, you, does even, do you even think about NFL football? No, it's, it's like for them, it's all Alabama and Auburn. Yeah, so that's really that's their pro sports. Um, I watched a little bit of Tennessee, and I watched a lot of uh, when Michael Vick was playing, he was playing, and then – um, a little bit of the Titans, yeah. Wait, was Michael Vick an Eagle back then when you were watching him? No, he was, a, he was a Falcon. He was a Falcon? Yeah, okay. he was a Falcon. We got those games because, you know, that's the, the region. Um, Nick, it, it's really, it's a remarkable, and, you know, great season in Chicago last yeah. year. Huge game against the Eagles, 11 tackles, 9 solos. When did you really blossom into what you would consider a good NFL player? Uh, learning from other pros. So I had a chance to learn from guys like Derek Johnson and Tyre White here. They really changed the way I approached the game. Explain. I, so Tyre is probably the most prepared pro I've ever been around. So he, you know, in one game, he's playing three positions because of injuries or whatever the case may be. And just watching that, I realized, like, man, if I want to last as long as he's last, I got to figure out a way to prepare one and then also be ready at the moment's notice to go whatever position that may be. So I got to be versatile. And so being with those guys really taught me, like, the, the importance of preparation and versatility for sure. Everything I've read about you, and I don't proclaim to be an expert on your career, you had this really innate speed. You were a very fast player, but you didn't quite early on know how to use it. Is yeah. that accurate? No, it's fair. That's fair. I think the first thing that Navarro Bowman said when he came into the building was like, Nick, slow down. Right, because a lot of the times I was flowing too fast on the top. So he had to learn the patience, like the, the importance of patience in, in reading blocks and, and stuff like that. But yeah. Sure. Has that been the key for you? That that I mean, there's also the physical element too of yeah. getting you got to get blockers off you. Yeah, yeah, learning, learning, learning. I wouldn't say just slow down, but learning to be patient and understand when you could take a shot and shoot your gun, and understanding when you also have to, you know, take on a block and, and fill a gap. Yeah. So, so, what is the moral of the Nick Morrow story, the long shot story, the Rocky story? I'm going to play this up. Um, <laughs> what do you think it is if you, if you step back and just kind of like put it in perspective? I, mean, I said all the time, faithful over few. So, no matter what. What, what opportunity I have, I'm going to be faithful over it. And if it turns into something bigger, I won't be surprised because I've already put the work in to do it. Um, yeah. you've, you've overcome some things in your career. The ankle injury that you mm -hmm. suffered in 2021. Yeah. Uh, you didn't let the setback be bigger than the comeback. Yeah. Um, how did you get through it mentally? Uh, one God, man. It's a lot of prayer. But I think also just committing to the work. You know what I mean? So when I was out there running and I could barely run because I didn't I didn't have the, the flexibility in my ankle yet. Um, just saying, like, I know this is a small step. It doesn't look pretty right now. But the fact that I'm out here walking, the fact that I'm out here jogging and running, whatever it is, that's a step in the right direction. And just staying faithful to that work every single day, knowing that one day I'll actually be able to run again how you know I want to run. Yeah. Was last year in Chicago your best year? I mean, the numbers would certainly say yeah. yes. I was one of. I think it's one of my best years. With a I lot think. of change in that defense. A lot of changes. We had, you know, whether it was trade, whether it was guys getting hurt. There's a lot of changes, um, a lot of different things we had to do defensively to kind of make up for some of those. But it definitely was one of my better years. Getting a chance to be around guys that are young, exciting um, players as well, but learning to communicate with them and stuff like that. So it was definitely fun. And you played, from what I've understood, inside Mike and weak side? Yeah, Mike. So I played Mike the beginning of the season and Will in the second. second and so what are the different skill sets required? Are, is it, is it uh, do you have to play the positions differently? 
I mean, you play ball. I think, I think there's, but I think there's some some differences, right? So if you're at Mike and you're in a, a match defense, sometimes you're not necessarily moving as much, but you got to be good at your communications. You got to be good with your eyes, your eye progression. When you're at Will, sometimes you're going to be on an island, so you got to be a little bit more athletic to to handle some of the isolations with the backs or tight ends. So it's a little different um, skill set depending on the system. Yeah. You sound like a very um, intelligent football mind. Yeah. Which, which and just I'm going to do a stereotype here. I wouldn't think Division Three would develop that kind of, you know, intellect. I mean, yeah. maybe I, I apologize if I'm if I'm no. saying something off, because you don't really have the resources to yeah. go into that. Is it something that's just really natural with you? No, it's something that I had to develop and something that I had to really spend a lot of time with. So when I came in the league, I didn't understand schematics. Like I didn't understand what I was supposed. To, like they were telling me to stand in certain gaps, and I was like, I don't understand the importance of that. And so I spent a lot of time with my coaches, a lot of time in my own personal playbooks, right? So I would come in in the morning, like five in the morning, and I would just spend an hour just studying the playbook um, before before everyone else got in the building, before I did anything else, just to, to get a better understanding of the ball because I had I was starting from behind, right? I didn't have those advanced um, schematics in, in college. I'm not sure a lot of people would do that. You, yeah. you love the game of football, don't you? No, I love it. I love it for sure. It, it makes it it's exciting. Do you feel like the best of Nick Morrow is ahead of you here? Absolutely, man. I'm always looking to get better. That's that's one thing that I think is is most important is if you're not competing against your best self, you're wasting your time, in my opinion. First impressions of the Novacare Complex, of the Philadelphia Eagles. No, I love it. It's, it's welcoming. I think it's the biggest thing is just how welcoming everybody is. It's exciting. Awesome. Sure. Um, well, listen, good luck to you. I know your wife is with you. Have a great day. I appreciate you spending some time with me and uh, Fly Eagles Fly. You have to learn the, the you have to learn the, the, the you know the fight song. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you'll do all that. And I really appreciate you coming by. All right, thanks a lot. Man. Nick Morrow on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Welcome to Philadelphia. Thank you. All right, Greedy Williams, a ball hawk in his college days in Cleveland for four seasons. Tough to really get consistency going. A nerve injury in his shoulder took out one of his seasons. Um, new defensive scheme last year kind of fell out of favor there in terms of playing time. Six foot two, 195, talented. Eagles are going to take a long look at him as a, an outside cornerback. They're already set with Bradbury and with Slay. So you take a shot, low risk. High reward signings. Greedy Williams, one of those, and he's glad to be a Philadelphia Eagle. Greedy Williams joins me here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Greedy, nice to meet you. Sir, pleasure Welcome to, be to Philadelphia. Pleasure to be here, man. Why Excited. Philly? Why, why the Eagles? Man, it's just the best fit for me, man. And, uh, you know, just going over with my family and, you know, talking to a couple people, and, you know, that's what it was. You know, a team that's, you know, ready to compete and, you know, a Super Bowl contender team. So, you know, it, it fit perfect with me and with everything I want. Do you feel like it's a fresh start for your NFL career? Fresh start, man. Fresh start. Perfect start. And I'm ready. And what does that mean to you, what, to getting a fresh start? Mm -hmm. I mean, you kind of go back to basics in, in your mind? Yeah, you kind of know. You just get up out the, you know, feeling how you felt, you know, when you was at one place and, you know, just get to another place, you know, just able, you know, just to restart and, you know, let it all out and, you know, you know be happy. Four years in Cleveland. Four years. Um, how would you characterize that experience? What did you learn about yourself? Uh, man, it was it was a great experience. Um, enjoyed it. Uh, you know, just learning as you go, which you're gonna learn. That's like everywhere you go, so you're just gonna learn. And you know, I'm excited, man. Just to you know, just to you know, be be ready and be ready to go and you know, be excited. Has the NFL experience matched the vision that you had when you came into the league? Had it. Uh, 
I would say, I mean, it just, me just focused really on, you know, staying on task at hand and not really just thinking about, you know, things like that, you know, just locked in and, you know, be with my feet at almost. I like that. Yeah. Is, when, you're, when you start the your career, is it hard to be like that, that mature that you've got to be where your feet are at? Mm-hmm. Is it? I mean, I, I think it's just easy to just, you know, coming coming in and just locking in. I think it's just a mental, mental thing and, you know, once you get that in your head, you know, can't nobody tell you nothing. Oh. What what do you feel, Greedy, that you have to work on to be a complete cornerback, to be the cornerback that you know you can be? Uh, it's, it's a variety of things. And, you know, you, 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 you definitely, you know, can go through your game and pick apart, you know, certain things that you can and fix. And, you know, that's the things we've been doing in the offseason, getting it. Are you hard on yourself? Yeah, very. So what are you hard on yourself about? Like, you... I mean, sir, there's a balance between pushing yourself too mm-hmm. hard. Everybody wants to be perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. A cornerback has to be very uh, short-term memory. Mm-hmm. So how do you kind of balance all that? Uh, like I said, man, you just don't think too much of it. And, uh, you know, just let the game come to you and, you know, enjoy it. Once you're having fun with it, you really just don't feel it, you know, that much. So, you know, just have fun with it and, you know, it'll, it'll play itself out. You said, Greedy, that Philly is the right fit for you. Mm-hmm. So from the outside, as you're looking at the Eagles, you had the experience mm-hmm. in, this, in the summer last year. What was your kind of idea about the Philadelphia Eagles? What this team, what this organization, what this city is all about? Man, for one, like the team, man, I just know they're ready to compete. And, you know, they play together. Uh, they connect very well. It's, it's a lot of things, you know, that go hand-in-hand with this team that definitely fitted me. And those were the, you know, was the main parts. And, you know, I was just excited, you know, just to get on the team, you know, where – you know, guys winning and happy and, you know, enjoying it. I love it. And, and you worked against AJ. You worked mm-hmm. against Devontae last summer. What did you take away from that experience? Uh, great, man. Uh, you know, I played those guys in college. So, you know, kind of you know, just, you know, getting a refill of them and, you know, enjoying the competition and, you know, just making each other better, sharp, sharpening their iron every time. I like that. And so, let's see, you've got a one-year contract. Mm-hmm. So you're coming in here 2023. What is the mentality Greedy Williams is bringing to Philadelphia? Uh, man, just work hard and, you know, stay focused and, you know, give my all to the to the fans and, you know, to the coaches and to the team. So, you know, just be team first and, you know, everything else, take care of yourself. Healthy, feeling good? Feeling good, man, ready to go. Missing an entire season, what was that like for you? Uh, it's kind of like a setback almost where you just, you know, reflect on life and, you know, check yourself a little bit and, you know, uh, you know, once you, you know, you just get yourself in order and, you know, that next year I was ready. So, you know, it was just kind of like a self-reflection almost. How much did you miss being on the field? A lot, man. A lot. Just watching on TV, just, yeah, we finna go, uh, watching on TV, then going to go rehab, you almost kind of like try to play it hand-to-hand, almost like you're playing, but yeah, it, was, it, was, it was nice. I would imagine for a young guy, that can be really kind of a mental setback or hurdle, you know, you get down on yourself. Did you experience any of that? And if so, how'd you overcome that? Uh, down on myself? Uh, I don't think I ever down on myself. You know, I always looked at it through a positive way. Everything happened for a reason. And, you know, I kind of, you know, matured through that way. So, and uh, it, it helped me. It helped me a lot. A fresh start mm-hmm. with a winning team. Good vibe here today yes, in the sir. building? Great vibe. Enjoying man. it? Yeah. All the great coaches. Man, the facility nice, food good. City look good, man. It's, it's amazing. Have you ever been to Philly socially? First time. Okay. First okay. Time. Great vibe in Philadelphia. Right, great um, vibe. You know, th- th- this is a, a team that went to the Super Bowl last year that knows how to win. Important to you when you were kind of picking everything? Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, you know, winning is, you know, winning is everybody happy. So, you know, I just seen, like like I said, I seen the guys connecting well. I mean, uh, I think I 
coach don't know, but I met him like at a training camp. I heard him say something to one of the players that kind of let me know like he got his players back. So, you know, things like that kind of played into hand and, you know, and, and I'm here. I'm do you believe here. that the best of Greedy Williams is in front of you? Oh, most, most definitely. Most why, definitely. Why do you think that? Uh, just the, the courage, the passion, the, the, the drive, the just everything about me, man. I'm ready, you know, just to go out and, you know, do what I do, which is, you know, lock people down. Okay. Well, welcome to Philly. Yes, sir. Greedy Williams, nice to meet you. Thanks for joining me here on the Eagles Insider Podcast, day one as a Philadelphia Eagle. Yes, sir. Fly, Eagles, fly. And then our third new Eagle is Justin Evans, a one-time star at Texas A&M, a second-round draft pick by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, tore his Achilles tendon and missed all of 2019, 2020, and 2021. Three seasons, no football. And yet, Evans was talented enough to join the New Orleans Saints last year, knock off the rust, get his game going, and the Eagles bring him in to play safety. And again, without Epps, without C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Eagles looking to rebuild that position. They've got Kayvon Wallace. They've got Andre Sachere. They've got Reed Blankenship. And now they've got Justin Evans, who looks to bring his brand of football to the Philadelphia defense. Justin, good to meet you. Uh, welcome to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, how's, how's the day going so far? Amazing. Glad to be here. Very um, blessed to be here. Yeah, you are blessed to be here. Yeah. Right? You really feel that, I yeah. bet. Because there's, there's look, I, I don't know, maybe maybe because you were always the best player. You, did you ever think you like you took foot before the injury? And I don't want to, I'm not going to dwell on the injury, but right. it is a fascinating part. Of this. Take it for granted that you were always going to be on the field, that there was always going to be another day. I mean, yeah, I think, well, no, nah, not really. Because like coming up as a kid, my mama and dad kind of like make made me understand not to take things for granted as much. So it wasn't as much, but the part that it was there is definitely, it was some there, so it's not any there now, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it wasn't like I took it for granted the whole time. But you expected it or, to, to be there the next day. But I did not expect what that to happen. All right, so let's talk, if we can start with the story there, talk about what did happen, 2019. Just, just, Injuries, just having surgery, and then bit missing nineteen, then missing twenty, and then missing twenty-one, and then it was just. How do you? So I look at it as a story of resilience. Yeah, you're somebody who loves the game of football so much that you put in work, and that is not an easy injury to come back from. Right. What as you look back on it, what was it like? Very humbling for sure, but just like I don't know, it's just. But then again, it's just my life, and I just want to live it out, and then just keep evolving and getting better. So that's kind of where I was with it. <clears throat> Any doubt ever? For sure, I'm human. It was doubt. And how did you overcome that? Jesus, your prayer. Yeah. Okay, that's what got yeah. your faith. Got you my through. faith. I feel like yeah, for sure. And as well as a, as a tremendous work ethic, because yep. it takes a lot of work for fans who don't like understand what happens to a player when the player's not on the field. Like there's also you know there's a physical part of it, and then you do you feel like you're part of the team because you're kind of rehabbing in off hours. I mean yeah, at one point it did, but then at one, at another point it didn't because I'm like I'm kind of not I I don't feel like I'm a part of this team really. But I mean that's just your self doubt kicking in or like just your own insecurities or whatever it may be kicking in. But it was definitely a team culture where I was at. It's just sometimes it. It didn't feel like it, really, cause just because I was felt alone or like, damn, I don't, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Justin, then you get, well, look, then you turn the corner, and then there's daylight, and then you're playing in New Orleans last year. Yeah, that was a great opportunity because I had been out for so many years, and then I wasn't focusing on football. I was thought I was done with it. And then I just started back working out again, got healthy again, and then my agent hit me up and said that New Orleans was trying to, you know what I mean, give me an opportunity. And I'm like, for sure, like, Let's go for it. So and an opportunity I went means for going, an opportunity. Means, sorry for interrupting. An opportunity means going and working out for them. I mean, just to be, they gave me an opportunity to try to come compete for a spot. Okay. Okay. So, wow. And it was just, I was healthy, feeling good, and then I just went for it. Uh, how were your, um, your, your, what was your level of excitement like? You know, packing up your things and and going out for the first. Day of training camp, for example. Uh, well, so me and my best friend, he 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 actually lives in Philly. But okay. me and that same best friend, we just packed. He we was in Tampa. We packed off in Tampa, and we drove it in a U-Haul to New Orleans. So it was just really exciting. I don't know. It's just a I don't know a new new time period for my life. I feel like. And then you get the, look the the weekend is I'm, I don't know what it was like for you. Maybe you crushed it in preseason. Maybe you knew you were going to make the team, but that weekend is a nervous time. That last cut down, right? Right. Uh, what was that like? I never got nervous. I don't know. I don't. I ain't gonna say I don't get nervous because I do get nervous a lot. But for that, I wasn't nervous because I, it, like I said, I had a different outlook. I wasn't too much worried about like making a. I don't know. I don't want to say I wasn't worried about making a team. It was just more so I was just blessed to be there again. So it was like. Regardless of if I make this team or not, I at least got to do OTAs and a training camp, and I played through four preseason games. So I'm like, whatever. Like, you know what I mean, I couldn't have did that. So you had I was proven to yourself. For, you had proven to yourself that you were yeah that you that, were back. Yeah, that I'm back. I'm feeling good. So that's what it was for me. That was my my um my roster cut or whatever. I got you. And then, so you make the team. Uh, you open the season first game of the year. I. Did you sleep the night before that first game? I don't really sleep much. Like, I don't <laughs> get a lot of sleep, I feel like, anyways, but definitely not. Just because, well, no, really, it was the first game that we played against Houston in my preseason game. It's the one that I, I can remember being on the plane, like, crying because it was just like, damn, I'm about to get to do this again. I thought I'd never do this again. Did it remind you, this whole experience, of how much you love the game of football? Yeah, because at one point I'm like, Okay, I don't play football anymore. Like, what is it? What am I gonna do? What, and, and what, what, what were you, what was going through? What were you gonna do? I mean, I was when it first happened. I didn't know what I was gonna do, but you just figure life out. You figure yourself out. Figured out that I'm really into fashion, things of that nature. You're you're a young man, but you must have kind of grown up pretty darn fast during that time. Like figuring out what you're gonna do for the next phase. Yeah. That's a blessing then. Yeah. How did you play last year? Um, I, I feel like I did really well. Like, I was obviously on a, like, there was guys in front of me, and I competed like I was. But, I mean, I think I did good. I think I did good. For fans who don't know your game, what can they expect this year? Uh, I mean, I'm just, I feel like I'm a ball hawk, I'm a, and I'm just a competitor with just any and everything, like ping pong to pool to whatever <laughs> like I just like to compete and I like to win I don't like to lose and I think that is what like I don't know I just like to compete and with all athletes like that's the number one thing is if you like to compete then you got a chance 
Do you have a sense, Justin, like just, I mean, you've only been here for one day. What, I mean, that's one of Nick Sirianni's core values, competing. Mm -hmm. Do you get a sense of what the culture is here, what the vibe is here? Definitely, yeah. It's definitely, because, um, I mean, he gave, I think they were like fundamentals, football IQ, yep. accountability, competing, and connecting. Connecting. So, like, you definitely feel that when you walk in. You feel all that. But So, I'm excited. Uh, so, do you have a sense of what this defense is all about? Or do you have a sense of what they want you to do? Um, I think they just want me to be the best me, and I want me to be the best me, and we're just going to go from that. Whatever that will look like, I don't really know. I don't think I've ever been the best me, but that's my goal is to be the best me, so I don't know what that looks like. It's cool. It's a new chapter for you. Fre yeah. Fresh start for you. Yeah. How exciting is that? I mean, blessed. Just blessed, bro. Yeah, and so what What will you do now? What, what, what do you want to work on here between now and when we get on the field here in spring? And As far as my game? Or yeah, what? yeah. Mm. And first of all, you're feeling great, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess, like, trying to take your game to the next level with, like, IQ, just, like, knowing things kind of before they happen. That's where a lot of people are, like, the separate themselves because they like can see something before it happens when you don't play for three years does that part of it I yeah i mean whenever i was coming back i was kind of like when you asked myself was there any doubt there was hella doubt because i'm like i've been out three years i don't know maybe i don't know it's just doubt just sure. any human of human na nature doubt. absolutely like, i don't know if i can compete but i'm a competitor so it's like once i got back out there it was just right back to normal like I still, even if I'm not the best, I'm trying to be at least somewhat good. So it's like I'm getting a little better or something. Yeah, I mean, I, like I think that. that's how I am. Good for you, man. Congratulations. Yeah. You excited to be here, obviously? Yes. What, the free agency worked out as you as you wanted it to work out? Yes. Got another shot here? and Another shot to, to be do the what best. I can do. Yeah. To be the best you can be with a, the team that was... Play football, man. In the Super Bowl Another last year. opportunity to play football in the NFL. I can't beat it. I love it. Hey, man, thanks so much. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks Thank for joining you. me here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Thank you. All right, thanks to all three of those players for joining us here on the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Uh, one more thing to go here, an Eagles extra point, and it's a good one. It's nice that the behind-the-scenes people in the NFL are getting recognized, and the NFL is, is really um, making this a priority. The Pro Football Hall of Fame has established an award of excellence and five former NFL employees recognized in the video film category. And that includes Mike Dougherty, who was with the Eagles from 1976 through 2014. What a career he had with an award of excellence. He will receive that award and be honored in late June at the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. I had a chance to speak with him about the award and what it means. And it's really cool because the technology has changed so much in the video film world. Mike Dougherty, going to the Hall of Fame. No one deserves it more. Mike Dougherty, congratulations. You're Hall of Fame bound. Um, tell me about hearing about the honor and your reaction to being recognized. Well, Dave, I heard about it at the uh, video director's meetings in Indianapolis this year. 
there was five of us that were selected, and it's a it's an honor uh, to at least be recognized for what we've done over the years and what other groups of people have done uh, to help support the NFL. So for Eagles fans who aren't familiar, Mike Dougherty, a pioneer in all of sports, I think, as a video director and the importance of video for a football team, especially here with the Philadelphia Eagles. Mike, tell me how it all started, what year, how you got into the NFL. And then once you got in here, the opportunity that you had to really kind of lead an industry. Well, I, start, I started working for a fellow named Lou Tucker, who was the outside contractor for the Eagles, which many of them were back then. And Lou was a uh, former Marine that landed on Iwo Jima and taught you the right way to do things and how to treat people and have a good time at what you're doing. And uh, when Coach Ramil came in 1976, uh, we were in 16-millimeter film. And, you know, the, the, the money wasn't around back then that they have today. 16-millimeter uh, film with projectors, and uh, it eventually grew into in 1986 where we went to beta cam, Sony beta cam. Uh, which was supposed to save us money, which never did. Uh, it cost us more money, actually, and it's progressed to where it is today. We went from beta cam into digital editing, um, and now everything is on an iPad, a computer. Uh, you know, it used to be VHS tapes, then it went to DVDs, and now it's up on the cloud, as they say. Everything's on the cloud. And it's been a, a heck of a transition, uh, which I was part of all of it, um, with the instant replay and, you know, working with Art McNally, who's now in the Hall of Fame, and Art uh, worked with our video director's committee on coming up with how to do instant replay, which was very simple back then. Um, and then the competition committee, uh, Bill Polian was a big part of the competition committee, and uh, he would ask questions, and do we really have to spend this kind of money, which was in 1985 was a million dollars a club, uh, which was a lot of money, and it worked. Um, and it, it got us to where we are today. And uh, being on the video directors committee for 18 years helped to uh, have the competition committee and the NFL believe in what we were doing and know that we were doing the right thing for the league, which it has turned out to be absolutely true. So that part of it's been nice. Doc, uh, so back in the 70s, I mean, I think fans today look at everybody, there's so much access to video the all 22, et cetera. Back then, were you shooting, uh, were teams shooting from end zone, from sidelines? I mean, how much film were you providing to the coaching staff? Was that the main purpose back then to film practices, to film games, and to use that for, for self-scouting and for other scouting purposes? Well, uh, when we started, we, we shot sideline and an end zone, one cop, actually two copies, because one was for you and one was to exchange with your next opponent. Um, and we didn't make a lot of copies because it was very expensive. 16 millimeter was a lot of money. And so we did that. And then they came up with what they called cutups, which are situational uh, reels for short yardage, goal line, blitz, um, third down, first down, things like that. And we would actually break the film into those specific categories. It was only about five of them at the time. Now there's hundreds of them because they go by uh, coverages and fronts and numbers and all kinds of stuff. But it was it was a very simple process back then, and we only shot uh, we only shot practice in the 70s like once a once a week. It would be usually on a Thursday, 
Um, and then when Coach Vermeil came later, 78, maybe 79, we started shooting Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practice. And they didn't get it till late that night. We would shoot a practice at 1 o'clock. They didn't get it till 6 o'clock at night because you had to take it to get it processed, bring it back, and edit it. And the same with the games. They didn't get the games till the next day, uh, early in the morning, 6, 7 o'clock in the morning is when the, the film all night processing, making a couple copies, and then dropping it off at the vet. And that's how they got their stuff back then. Now it's immediately after a game they get everything and – you know, I guess it's helped because the NFL has gotten to where it is today. Doc, look, we know, we know now that, that coaches and teams want every bit of information that they can get their hands on. Was there an appetite back then at the very start from coaches for film? Did they understand the importance of it? Uh, they did, uh, but it was very similar. They watched the film as it was instead of situational film. And then, um, uh, yeah, it was important because it was the only way they could grade the opponent and watch what the opponent was doing. We used to have to exchange three games with our next opponent, and they would send us theirs on an airplane from Phoenix, which didn't get here till 6 o'clock on a Monday night. Um, when, when we exchanged with the Giants, we actually drove it up the turnpike to exit 7 and switched with them. So we didn't have to take the chance of losing it on a flight. And the flights weren't like they are today. They didn't have a million of them. Um, so the, the film exchanges back then were very simple, and yet the coaches wanted them. But it wasn't the hurry that it is today to have it. Like right now, they have every game in the NFL on a Sunday night. And we never had every game in the NFL to the end of the season, if we were lucky. Um, so that part of it has really progressed because of the technology and to be able to sit in your office and send over the cloud to San Diego in 20 minutes is an amazing process. And that I kind of is... kept up on it. Go ahead. I, I kind of kept up on it because I, I go to the video director's meeting, so I know what's going on. And uh, I'm, I'm just glad I'm not in it because it, there's so much going on. You know, with Coach Vermeil, I think, had 10 coaches, and now there's 24, 25 for every club in the league. And then you have 26 scouts that you have to deal with. And everybody wants every college game. They get 1,300 college games today, which back then we only got sporadic college stuff uh, in film. You would maybe get one from Penn State or two and kind of switch around and move it. But now they get every college game and every pro game. So that's where the staffs have grown so that those people can look at it and find uh, different situations that they want. Every trick play in the league is – it comes out on Monday. You saw every trick play that was going on over the weekend. Doc, uh, let's go back to that. So you're telling me that Eagles play the Giants and you would drive north. The Giants would drive south. You'd meet off the exit, exit seven. What, what is, which one is exit seven? Piscataway? I mean, I'm not even sure which one it is. And that's how you, know, you exchange. That's where we exchanged our film. It was a truck stop there, the big truck stop. Um, Went all the way up to the end of 295, got off, and it was exit seven off the turnpike, and the Giants would come down, and we'd meet there. We'd say, look, let's meet there at 10 o'clock, no traffic and stuff like that. And we would meet. I'd get out of the car. Their guy would get out of the car. We'd hand each other or go inside and have a quick cup of coffee, have the game go, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, here's your stuff. I'll see you. See you Sunday at the game. And that's how we did it back then. 
Uh, we put it on a train to go to Washington because that was better than an airplane. Uh, less chance of losing it, uh, much quicker to get there. So I would go to 30th Street and actually hand the conductor of the train, uh, you know, $5 or whatever it was. Here, can you take this down? Somebody from the Redskins will meet you there and pick up this package from you. And they did it. You can't do that today. Love it. Doc, how's it sound? Mike Doherty is a pro football Hall of Famer. Uh, it's nice for everybody that works, Dave. It's nice for the young people. It's nice for the people in different organizations that uh, do work. And it's nice to be recognized by the league for the contributions that we all make. Um, and you make everybody, the trainers, the equipment guys, uh, the front office people, people don't understand what goes into a game and a team situation. They only see what's going on on Sundays, which is the show. And it's behind the scenes show that really takes place and helps everybody play on Sundays. And uh, most of the guys will tell you the same thing. The, the, the players will tell you, you know, and you hear it after every game, every coach says they have to look at the film and they still call it film which is amazing to me that even young coaches, when you hear them talk about the film, um, they mean the cloud and their computer. But the film is what it was, and that's how it all got started. So congratulations to Doc. The extra points in this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. And that will do it for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks to Kira Mahoney, Peter Kelly, Ray Doyle, Eagles Media Relations Department, uh, everyone here involved in making this happen. It is such a great podcast, and I'm very proud of the podcast, of the product, and of your involvement, and I really, really appreciate you tuning in each and every episode. If you have a moment to give us a you know, little five-star review, that really helps. I did an interview on Sirius XM NFL Radio today, and it was mentioned that we have a 4.8 rating. Please. We really appreciate it. That stuff goes a long, long way. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks for joining me, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go, Birds! E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!